In today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that's increasingly popular in the board game industry, specifically solo games. Today I'll be sharing my top 10 quick and easy solo games. And since it's relevant to this topic, I'll also be sharing more details about Trailblazers, specifically the Epic Solo Mode, with some exciting news about how you can play the Epic Solo Mode today. My name is Nick Murray, and this is the Bytewing Games Podcast. Next to legacy games, rolling rights, crowdfunding, polyominoes, and pasting the Marvel IP onto a game system, solo gaming is perhaps one of the biggest recent trends in the board and card game industry. This can be attributed to several factors, including COVID, quarantining, strong sales for solo-friendly games, and more. Personally, it's taken a fair amount of time for me to really dip my toes into the solo waters. I was playing multiplayer board and card games years before I ever tried a solo game. For me, the very act of playing a tabletop game was a social event, first and foremost. It wasn't until tabletop gaming took on a bigger role in my life when it became a regular hobby that I was no longer able to resist the pull of small, simple, critically acclaimed solo games. I'm still not the type who has the motivation or energy to break out a massive, complex solo game just for myself. But I've rapidly discovered that quick and easy solo games often hit the spot. As Bytewing Games will soon be publishing a quick and easy solo game of our own, namely Trailblazers by Ryan Courtney, which also plays up to 8 players, now felt like the right time to investigate, assemble, and share my top 10 quick and easy solo games. At the end of this list, I'll also be sharing more info about the epic solo mode that Ryan has developed for Trailblazers. But regarding all of these games, it should be clarified that when I say quick and easy, I mean quick to play and relatively easy to learn, set up, and tear down. I do not by any stretch imply that these games are easy to win or master. The compelling challenge is often the best part of a solo game, in my opinion. Thus, all these games offer that in some form or another. So the first title on my top 10 quick and easy solo games list is Under Falling Skies. As a 20 to 40 minute game that is filled to the alien gills with juicy decisions, there's perhaps no better way to start this list than with Under Falling Skies. Under Falling Skies first existed in 2019 as a 9 card print and play game. But it was so popular that publisher CGE decided to acquire the license and soup it up with a Quanchai Moria coat of paint and pretty plastic ship production and a heaping of variety across a campaign of unique boards and challenges. The experience is a mix between Independence Day's alien invasion and clever dice worker placement and manipulation. The gameplay features tense decisions where higher dice values increase the strength of the space they are placed on, but they also accelerate the invasion of the alien ships in the column they are placed in. The key to victory is balancing risky bonuses against careful defensive maneuvers. You can select your difficulty by flipping the invasion boards between their harder and easier sides, and the campaign offers a wealth of new wrinkles to explore so you'll always be on your toes with the next challenge. The second game on my top 10 quick and easy solo list Micro Macro Crime City or Micro Macro Full House. They're basically the same. What better way to spend a wintry evening than with a steaming cup of hot cocoa and a sprawling map of criminal mysteries? I recently shared how Micro Macro is another perfect game for couples, but it's also a great game to enjoy solo. In a tantalizing mix of Where's Waldo and Murder Mystery, Micro Macro challenges players to uncover the truths behind strange and inexplicable deaths. 
We recently finished up the 16 wild cases of Micro Macro Crime City and had a blast solving each and every one. We've now started into Full House, the standalone sequel, and it is simply more of a good thing in the best way. You can learn more about why we love Micro Macro in my full First Impressions episode from only a few episodes back. Next up on the list is Friday by Friedman Freeze. Now, for confession time, Friday is one of a couple games on this list I haven't played, yet it still ranks highly among many solo gamers. Thus, it earned a spot here on my list. This deck-building game has you helping Robinson Crusoe through treacherous island hazards as he prepares for a run-in with pirates. Overcoming encounters will add more abilities to your deck, yet intentionally losing certain encounters can be a key tactic as well. Next, let's talk about super skill pinball, but more generally, roll and rights. Most of the roll and write genre is the epitome of quick and easy solitaire games, so I picked my current favorite of the bunch to be on this list. While roll and rights typically go up to four or eight or infinity players, they also tend to lack any significant element of player interaction. So the most interaction you'll get out of many roll and rights is, hey, can I roll the dice again yet? <laughs> As you wait for an opponent to fill in a box. When played solo, there's zero downtime to super skill pinball, and you can roll dice and slide the silver balls as quickly as you please. This design is all about simulating the experience of a pinball table, which it does incredibly well, aside from the speed and reflexes that are involved in real pinball. Combos abound and tension ratchets up as you fight to keep your pinball from dropping down the center. Best of all, the variety of tables, four per game, keeps things fresh and interesting with unique themes and mechanisms, including gopher gold mining and disco dance fever. Next, let's talk about Regicide. One of my favorite recent discoveries has been the brilliantly designed dungeon crawler cooperative game that exists completely in a standard deck of playing cards. Regicide. Here you'll be taking on jacks, then queens, then kings in a tight game of hand management. Playing various suits grants abilities, and the aces, known as animal companions, come in handy as well. Do yourself a favor and try one of the best card games to be invented in recent years. That's Regicide. Next up on the list, The Search for Planet X. This is one of our household favorite deduction games. The production is everything I want in a deduction game. Smooth, clear, useful, and pretty. The icing on the cake is the companion app, something I'm not usually fond of in a tabletop game that keeps the experience slick, quick, and most importantly, flawless. The race to figure out what lies in each sector, whether it's a comet, an asteroid, a gas cloud, dwarf planet, or most importantly, Planet X itself, is both challenging and satisfying. All right, the next one on this list is a collection of games called the Oniverse Games. The Oniverse is a solid line of solo games from mammoth publisher Z-Man, featuring stylish art, simple rules, quick setup, short playtime, compact boxes, and clever gameplay. While there are now five games under this popular brand, I've only tried Arian, the Yahtzee-style dice management game. But from that one game, I found there was plenty to explore between the compelling core loop and the six expansion modules. For those who wonder where is the best place to start, many folks will point to Onirim and Arian as two of their favorites. Now for one that is currently in the hotness, all the hotness, Cascadia from Flatout Games. Now the big box titles from published for Flatout Games tend to offer thinky puzzles with relatively low player interaction, meaning they tend to play similarly at all player counts. Cascadia is their latest release that has taken the gaming world by storm, and many folks are saying it makes for a great solo experience. Those who enjoy puzzly tiling games will be right at home here in this design that celebrates the sights and creatures of the Pacific Northwest with lush art by Beth Sobel. 
Now, Kyle of Bytewing Games has made a video for this, and while it doesn't venture into the solo rules, Kyle's How to Play video does show what Cascadia is all about in under eight minutes, so you can check that out on YouTube if you're interested. Just search for Cascadia Bytewing Games How to Play. Next up, Newsfeared. I recently shared my first impressions of a five-player game of Newsfeared, where I essentially said it's a solid Rosenberg design, but not necessarily one I would play over a Feast for Odin, Agricola, or Laharve. It turns out that many commenters pointed out to me that Newsfeared is the type of game that really shines at one to three players. I learned that Newsfeared packs a huge punch as a solo game that can be played in only 20 to 30 minutes. If you can manage to get a medium weight Uwe experience by yourself in that amount of time, then Newsfeared absolutely deserves a spot on this list. And finally, the last one in my top 10 quick and easy solo games, Sprawlopolis or Agropolis. Of course, I wasn't going to forget about the quick and easy 18-card design known as Sprawlopolis, or its sibling, Agropolis. This critically acclaimed game has had a lot of mentions across our blog and podcast, including my top 10 spatial puzzle games. So rather than retread the same ground, I'll point you to two glowing video reviews from No Pun Included and The Dice Tower's Tom Vassal, which you can find on YouTube, for Sprawlopolis and Agropolis. While it's the end of my top 10 quick and easy published solo games list, this is not the end of this episode because I'm here to share some more information about the epic solo mode for Ryan Courtney's Trailblazers, which will be taken to crowdfunding later this year. Now, for Trailblazers, designer Ryan Courtney had two core design focuses. The first one, maintain his high standard of satisfying puzzly depth, which people have come to expect from Pipeline and Curious Cargo, but make the rules for Trailblazers as simple and approachable as possible. His second design focus, develop compelling solo modes to make this a solo-friendly game as much as it is a family-friendly game. So Trailblazers is exactly the kind of design that fits the topic of quick and easy solo games. Now, I recently covered that first design focus of approachability. I've been talking all about this game, both with our podcast, but also on BoardGameGeek.com. If you look up Trailblazers in the forums, I've been putting out publisher diaries with even more information. But today, here on this episode, we'll be exploring the solo features that have been on Ryan's mind since day one. But we're not going to spill the beans on all three modes today. While the Standard and Adventurer's solo modes have their own exciting objectives that provide a distinguishing flavor, today we're going to talk about the biggest of them all, Epic Solo Mode. Now, why is it called Epic Solo Mode? Well, the Standard game will see you drafting and placing 24 trail cards and three campsite cards over the course of four rounds, or roughly 30 minutes. Epic Solo Mode, on the other hand, can last up to three times as long, where you'll be arranging up to 72 trail cards and nine campsite cards into one sprawling monstrosity of trails and loops. While that sounds like absolute insanity, and in some ways, it is, the mode is actually broken up into three separate stages. Epic Solo Mode utilizes the Animals expansion, which is included in the standard edition of Trailblazers and animal scoring will be your sole focus for the first two stages of Epic Solo Mode. The key to scoring big animal points is to have several unique animal tokens placed along a loop, but the catch is that a trail card with an animal token on it can never be overlapped, partially or fully, by another card, which limits your spatial flexibility. Again, I go into more details about the animals expansion on BoardGameGeek.com in the forums for Trailblazers. You can find more juicy details there. But anyway, stage one of this mode is simply called Epic Solo Mode, where if you manage to scrounge at least 30 animal points after four rounds of play, then you win the mode. But 30 animal points can be quite challenging to reach. It took me several attempts to finally beat this stage. Once victory is achieved in Epic Solo Mode, you can simply call it a day and pack it away as you rest on the laurels of your 30-minute triumph. 
or you can continue on to the first bonus stage called Springer Fever. The objective of Springer Fever? Build off of the foundation you've laid in the epic solo mode and win Springer Fever by scoring 80 or more animal points from loops after four more rounds of play. If victory is achieved, you may continue on to the final bonus stage if you wish. Now, Springer Fever is the stage that I've yet to overcome, although my last attempt was quite close. If you manage to beat Springer Fever, then the final stage you may continue on to is Triple Crown. Once again, you'll build off the foundation you've laid in Springer Fever, but this time you'll aim to get a high score by scoring only the single longest loop of each trail type after four more rounds of play. By breaking up loops, extending them, and reconnecting them, you'll be able to get a high score. Although animal scoring no longer matters, the tricky part will be that you still can't overlap cards with animal figures placed on them from the previous two stages. The challenge that Epic Solo Mode and its two bonus stages provide is one with a dizzyingly high skill ceiling that will keep folks coming back for many sessions. While it certainly isn't an easy mode to take on, I found myself learning and improving with each attempt, and that satisfaction of progress far outweighs my failures. Over time, you'll go from a short-term focus of lunging for easy animal points to a long-term focus of planning how to make the longest loops for Triple Crown. This mode is one that has been thoroughly tested and played by Ryan's playtesters, and it is one that Ryan and Tim even turned into a gnarly challenge for themselves to hit 165 points in Triple Crown, which is the final stage. They even recorded many of their attempts on YouTube. Their YouTube channel is called R&T Studios, with the and symbol, if you're interested in checking those out. But while learning the epic solo mode is all good and fine, the real fun comes from actually playing it, which you can do right now. That's right, epic solo mode is available for you to play on Tabletop Simulator. Simply go to bitewinggamescom trailblazers, where you'll find a link to the TTS mod. Within the single mode that we are now sharing publicly, there's plenty to entertain you. But don't forget, there are also two more solo modes that we've yet to reveal, and these are drastically different from Epic Solo Mode. So if you want to follow Trailblazers all the way to its crowdfunding launch, then while you're on our website, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Hopefully today's episode has given you some new solo games to explore. I'll be back in a couple weeks to share more of my first impressions of new-ish board game releases. Until then, thanks for joining me. My name is Nick Murray, and you've been listening to the Bywing Games Podcast. Bye.